How's everybody today? Everybody's good? Are you sure you're good? Who came to church today in a bad mood? Somebody's raising their hand. Man, that's a miracle. Reach your hand towards her. Hey, excited about this opportunity to pray in the schools and uh, shout out to FCA for making that happen, Mr. Josh King. Come on, Josh King. Wave your hand at everybody. Give him a little pageant wave. If you don't know Josh, Josh is the director of activities for FCA for Leon County. All kind of things he does with FCA, but he's been coordinating some things with the schools, and we'll have that posted today. And those prayer times will be tomorrow afternoon and Tuesday afternoon at the flagpoles. If your school isn't listed, it's because we're still trying to get the thumbs up from the administration. And so if you showed up over there and just started praying, I don't think they're going to run you off. man's got to do what a man's got to do, am I right? Anyway, it's exciting to know that school is starting. I love this time of year. I do. I absolutely love the beginning of school. I still feel like a kid that's going to school, even though I've been out of school for a while. Not a long time, but for a while. It's been a little bit, but I can still hang. And uh, then it's the beginning of football season. Can I get an amen? Yes. Yes. And we'll have to have a sermon to cover this one game that's coming up between my team and your team. We got work to do. I'm excited about that. But before we do that, we've got work to do today. And I'm going to preach on something today I have absolutely never preached on before. And so I'm pretty excited about it. I'm pretty nervous about it. And you should be too. So you should pray for me. And pray for you too. I'm going to go to the book of Isaiah chapter 61. And uh, we're going to read four verses. And then we're going to jump into this message today. Isaiah chapter 61 verse 1 through 3. 1 through 4, I'm sorry. This is also found in the book of Luke chapter 4. This is an Old Testament prophecy that Jesus eventually will quote in the New Testament. And... Uh, yeah, we'll get to that in a second. Let's, let's read. Isaiah 61, it says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. To bring some good news is what that means. How many of y'all like some good news? Don't watch the news then because it ain't, it ain't good. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. That's against our enemies, by the way. He's not coming after you. He's coming after your enemies. Can I get an amen? amen. I like that word, vengeance. I don't like it when it's used against me, but I like it when it's used against my enemies. Can I get an amen? amen. Vengeance. All the words. Go get them. To comfort all who mourn. To console those who mourn in Zion. This is the part that started getting my attention right here. To console those who mourn in Zion. To give them beauty for ashes. The oil of joy for mourning. And right here, this part got me. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness that they may be called trees of righteousness, 
the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. And they shall rebuild the old ruins. They shall raise up the former desolations, and they shall repair the ruined cities, the desolations of many generations. That's powerful scripture right there. And today I want to use that to speak a message to you. My hope is greater than this heaviness. My hope is greater than this heaviness. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for this day. Thank you for the opportunity to gather here to worship. Thank you for the opportunity to go to your word. And Father, we thank you that this isn't just words on the page and a book that's really old, but this is the alive word of God that is inspired by the Holy Spirit that is still speaking today. And I thank you, Lord, that your word will speak life it will speak hope. It will speak deliverance. It will speak healing today in the name of Jesus. Father, I ask you to use me as a vessel. Use me simply as a servant to relay what you want to say to your people today. God, I'm humbled by this opportunity. And Father, I just want to please you today. I just want to say what you said. Father, use this to change some lives, to change us. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. So I have to confess to you that this year my family did not go to the beach for any summer vacation. Uh, Cynthia took Ella Pearl and a few friends, and they went near the beach, but they didn't go to the beach. How many of you went to the beach this year? Just wave at me. Yeah, we didn't go. And uh, I have to be honest with you, there's a part of me that's a little bit okay with it. I know some of you are like, I can't, that's blasphemy, Pastor Way. don't say that. But I have to be honest, um, there's a little bit of me that feels okay about this. And here's why, because when my family goes to the beach, um, we like amenities. You know what I'm saying? We like amenities. I'm not going to lay on a towel for eight hours in the sun. That's unproductive. I'll cut the grass for eight hours in the sun. Can I get an amen from somebody that will ride the mower all day long? And if you don't, God bless you, okay? Uh, I just won't do it. I'm not going to the beach and lay on a towel for eight hours and bake. I have other things to do with my life. Cynthia, she would do it in a heartbeat. Not me. I like amenities. I don't like being hot. Can I get an amen from somebody? A anybody in here are just chronic sweaters. Not wearing sweaters, like these kids are wearing hoodies all the time. I'm talking about the people who sweat no matter how hot or cold it is. Come on, amen. I'm trying to help you with the, the, the climate control in this room. There's a lot of resistance. I like to be in the shade. Amen? I like to have an ice chest. I like to have a chair. Come on. And so when we go to the beach, oftentimes... This is what it looks like. Now, I don't know what it looks like for you and your family, but for me, come on, fellas, I'm preaching for you today. I didn't preach this before the summer. I should have. But if you have just the idea of a child entering into your family... You bring things to the beach differently than when you had nobody in your family. You have all the stuff. 
I didn't include the towels under my arms. You know what I'm saying? All the stuff. And then there's your kids behind you, and they just got a towel around their neck, and they're walking around like they're styling and everything. And, and everything is fine as long as you're on that boardwalk stuff. But once you get the sand, come on. Some of you, you needed this today. This is therapy. That beach trip messed you up. Once you hit the sand, that's where the words start coming out. Come on, you feeling it? Words. Words we shouldn't use. Words we must repent of. And you're dragging this through the sand, and, and, and you're sweating, like dripping with sweat. And people look at you, while you sweating so much? And they're sitting there walking, holding a little drink and stuff. And you just, something comes over you, and you want to attack them. Come on, I got to be talking to somebody here today. Come on. And then somebody asked, did we remember to bring whatever? I don't know who's needing this more, you or me. So you carry this stuff, you're struggling, and they're trying to point out a spot that we need to go to. And it's never a convenient spot. It's the spot way over there. You know what I'm talking about? Like way, way over there. And then you get there and it's like, no, let's go over here. And that might be suggested by some other older member in the family. <laughs> so then you go there. Just dragging all the stuff around. And so you get the tent out, you pop it up, you position the ice chest, and you finally get to your chair. But you're not relaxing because you are so worked up over the last 30 minutes of your life that you're sitting there, but you ain't just sitting, you're stewing. Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? And all that stuff you were carrying was heavy and you're finally not carrying it any longer. But the weight of it is still there. And you can sit in your comfortable spot. Got your ice chest right here. Put your little iTunes playlist on. But it's still heavy. It's still heavy on you. And everybody's doing their thing, but you're sitting there. And you don't want to do anything. In fact, you're already calculating how this is going to work when you leave from here. Come on, somebody. If you had your computer, you're building a spreadsheet, a delegation of what everybody's going to do because I'm not doing this again. And watch this. This is it, the last time. Never coming out here again. You're sitting there in a place. Now, y'all listen to me. You're sitting in a place that you should be relaxing, but even in a place that you should be relaxing, you can't even relax because of moments that occurred previous to that moment. And so your hands are free. Your mind should be able to run free. You should be able to finally find some rest, amen, 
but you can't find any rest because the effects of what you were carrying, you're still carrying it. And watch this. It's heavier than the very things that you've been carrying. I told you I've never preached on a spirit of heaviness before, and it's awkward for me to be sitting in a beach chair, beach chair preaching to you. But I kind of like it. You know what I'm saying? I just felt the load just come off when I sat down. But I began to really dive into the spirit of heaviness to figure out what exactly is it and how do I unpack it to share it with you in such a way that you can understand it so it's not spooky and it's not weird. But I really believe that this is probably one of the biggest things that people are facing in their lives today and more so for believers than anybody. Believers are carrying a spirit of heaviness around and are chalking it up as an emotional thing, as a mental health thing, when chances are it's actually a spiritual thing. And I have learned that we're super uncomfortable with spiritual things whenever it comes to talking about a spirit. We are. We get weird. If we talk about the Holy Spirit, shake and bake, baby. Holy Ghost. We start talking about another kind of spirit, we get weirded out. And we don't want anything to do with it because we're afraid somebody's going to use a word like demon. And if it's your first time at church today, you're like, oh, all Sundays to come, they're going to talk about a demon. I can say this. That kind of spirit is not from God. So where else is it going to come from? And what are we going to do about it? I've noticed over the last few years, because of the interruptions in our lives and the things that we had to carry that we've never carried before, it has affected our perspective. It has affected our attitudes. It's affected our purpose. It's affected how we're operating as individuals. It's affecting how we're handling our homes. It's affecting our priorities. And we're, we're constantly searching for the next thing that's going to give us some relief. The next thing that's going to make all of this go away. We're taking more naps than we've ever taken, but we're still tired. We're going on more trips than we've ever been on, but yet we're still exhausted. This is what's happening in our world. We're working differently than we've ever worked before. And yet, even though there's been changes and now we can work remote from home sometimes, we still have these feelings of heaviness. And what is this? And most of us, what we try to do is we take on a practical means to try to co correct something that is spiritual. So what we will do to make the heaviness go away is go straight to our calendar. Not doing this, not doing that, 
scratch this off the list, that's it, we're getting away, we're not doing all this stuff anymore. And some of those things were things that God told you to do. Some of those things are just simple steps of discipleship that we are supposed to do, but we're trying to get away from it because we feel this heaviness, because we're trying to handle a spiritual matter with practical means. And no matter how many things you take off of your list, no matter how many things you try to eliminate, no matter how many trips you go on, how many naps you take, it is still there and it's heavy and you can't figure out why is this so much and I really began to look through this and I'll, I'll tell you this it was about a week ago I was talking to someone who was a few years younger than me when I say a few years I'm talking 10 to 15 years younger than me and 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 I asked them how they were doing and this is what they told me they said I'm just exhausted I'm tired. And I asked them from, from what? What's been going on? They just said, I don't know. I've been trying to like just relax and just get away, but I'm just overwhelmed. I'm exhausted. And soon as that person said this, I'm telling you as clear as day, the Holy Spirit just spoke and said a spirit of heaviness. And I was like, what is that? I've heard this verse before. But I've never dove into it. I've never looked into what it really means. I heard the song growing up, put on a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. Lift up your hands to God. Pray in the spirit and with understanding. Oh, magnify the Lord. We used to sing that at church when I was a little kid. And boy, they cranked the music up and people doing a little charismatic dance and everything, just getting it. And I just never, ever dove into what it was really talking about with the spirit of heaviness. And I think there's a lot of believers, a lot of people that are following Jesus, that are falling into this spirit of heaviness and are trying to treat it with all these other means. And listen, you've got to take care of yourself and your mental health, your emotional health. But there are some things, y'all, that are spiritual. Can I get an amen? That are spiritual. And it doesn't matter what medication, what diagnosis, what counselor, you're going to need some spiritual intervention. Amen? Something that will set you free and not just something that's going to help you to cope with it. Because we were not meant to live with a spirit of heaviness. Can I get an amen? amen. There's a lot of us that have had to carry some weight through our lives. Some of us at an early age, because of a dysfunction in your family, you had to carry responsibilities that were not yours. You have to step up and take on roles that you shouldn't have had to take, but because someone else didn't do it or because of some, some things that have happened, you have lived a good bit of your life carrying some things. And no doubt you've made it. And it's great that you're strong. But when you finally get to sit, the weight of everything that you've carried is still on you. And you still feel it and you still struggle through it because that has literally become the, uh, the lens of the perspective of how we see things. And in Isaiah chapter 61, this comes at a very critical time for the nation of Israel because they have been in captivity for quite some time. In fact, the entire city of Jerusalem has been destroyed. The temple has been torn down. There are so many things that were at one time so very good for the children of Israel. I mean, when King David is your king, you got a good king. And King David had an awesome kingdom 
when he was in operation. His son Solomon takes over. The kingdom is thriving, and Solomon starts getting into some, some shady things. And then king after king afterwards, they start to intermingle. They started to compromise. They started to worship other gods. They started to do some things that were not of God. And they found themselves in a place of captivity. And many people read the Bible and say, how could God do something like that to the people? And I think sometimes we've got to turn it around and say, how could people do something like that when God has blessed them so much? And so they find themselves in captivity and everything that was so great is now destroyed. And so now they're mourning in Zion. A place that was meant for praise, they're mourning. The word heaviness, when I looked it up, <clears throat> I was really trying to like be smart about this. Because I don't have all the credentials and all the degrees to sit here and tell you all the, the breakdowns of mental and emotional health and all those. I don't, I don't have all of that. But I do have some spiritual intuition, amen? I do have the voice of God. And I do know the Bible. So as I begin to look through to figure out what this word heaviness was really all about, there was one meaning of the word that caught my attention, and it's the word dim. And it, it's literally a picture, if you can see, uh, it's like a candle, and the flame is just barely flickering. It, 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 it's, it's, it's a candle that's like at its end. You've said things like this before, I am at my wit's end. We've said, I'm burning the candle on both ends. And the picture of heaviness is, is a candle that is burning out. And I know that word burnout is huge everywhere. It's like, if you want a strategic word to get people to leave you alone, just say, I'm burnt out. At work, don't want that project, burn out. And everybody just steps back. Can I tell you, before it was popular in, cult in culture, it was happening in church. When people didn't want to serve in that capacity, they just said, I'm burnt out. And the question that I have for us is, how are we going to live a thriving life that God has for us? And not just carrying some stuff that we don't want, but carrying some things that we do want. Because I can tell you this, carrying a blessing can be just as heavy as carrying a burden. Can I hear an amen? You prayed that God would give you a business and now you got it and you work all the time. All the time. Before you had that blessing, you know when you work? Whenever you had to. And you got off at five. Now you got a business. You work past five to five in the morning and go to work again that day. But it's a blessing. Am I right? So you got to carry not just burdens, but you got to carry blessings. And I started to think of the other things that we have to carry that gets heavy. Responsibilities. Responsibilities get heavy after a while. Same things over and over and over. How many times do I need to tell you kids to brush your teeth? We will do this every day for the rest of our lives. And I've been telling this every day, all of your life. What's new here? Am I right? Take a bath. You stink. You're not going to see your girlfriend smelling like that. We love you too much, son. <laughs> Not that any of my kids did that. It was your kids. Some other things that we have to carry that gets heavy is vision. 
Because whenever God puts a dream in your heart, when God puts some things on your heart, it doesn't go away. See, we always talk about the things that wake us up in the middle of the night that are just really terrible. But what about when the things that God wants to do through you wakes you up in the middle of the night? And you're trying to figure out how are we going to do that? God's calling me to do this. I got so much going on. I don't know how I'm going to do all of that. A little spiritual stress. Amen? We're carrying those things. We're, we're carrying some unanswered prayers. We're carrying some heartbreak. We're carrying some disappointment. We're carrying all these things. And, and we, we, we do. We firmly believe, oh, if we could just order our lives and have a Sabbath, then all of this is going away. But I can tell you, I have had time off before, and I have had extended time off. And whenever you sit, you're not really resting. You know what you're doing? Trying to figure out how you're going to do all that when you get back. Because now you're behind. You know what's awesome about vacation? Wait, you know what's not awesome about vacation? You got to come home and do clothes because you ain't got no drawers to wear on Monday. Can I say that? I just did. I'm sorry if that doesn't work for you. But that's what y'all call it at the house. Isn't that something? How you're supposed to be in a place of resting? But all you can think of is all the things you got to do whenever you get back. I've heard people say, it ain't good for me to take time off. And you say, well, why not? They say, because when I'm off, I'm crazy. <laughs> do you know that most young people, the trouble they get into happens more over the summer than any time of the year? There's no structure. It's the good luck parenting. <laughs> I got to go to work. Good luck finding something to eat and don't destroy my house. And do something around here. That's good luck parenting. But because there's no structure, they're free to do whatever. Like, what, what is, like, can we take time out and just really look at this? Because sometimes I really believe that we, we live according to concept. Like, the concept of time off is amazing, but the reality of time off doesn't look like the concept of it. I, I feel like I'm talking to somebody today. I work harder on my days off than I do on the days I go to work. What is going on with us? Like our minds, our spirit, what is going on? And so when I began to look into the spirit of heaviness, I started to try to figure out what were these people in Israel feeling? And I started to, to think back through all of the blessings, all of the miracles they have seen, all the different things that they have experienced throughout all the history of that great nation and all the things that God, have, that God has done, all the promises that were spoken. I mean, I'm telling you, they went to the promised land. Like they were in slavery in Egypt and God delivered them and used all kinds of miracles to deliver them. You would think that if God was doing that type of activity, that somebody was going to stay consistent at least for a little while. Amen. Am I right? But they struggled to stay consistent. They struggled to stay faithful. And generation after generation, they would drift. And they would finally get to the point that they would drift so far away from God. And yet they were still carrying the weight of the blessing because they were supposed to be blessed. They were supposed to walk in all of the goodness of God. But now they're being taken captive by their enemies. And they're trying to figure out, how did we get here? God, where are you? You're supposed to be so good, but this ain't looking too good. And I realized that's us. 
it's us too. Because we struggle with consistency. Not perfection, consistency. Consistently doing and staying on track with the things of God. We'll streak about it. we streakers. You know what I'm saying? We're streakers. I'm not talking about taking your clothes off and running across the stadium. Get your mind out of there. We'll streak for a little while and do it. And then we'll stop. And then we'll say things like this. Yeah, we just got to get back into it. And it's so much harder to get back into it. And so you work your way back and you're trying to get it back into it, but it feels different this time. And so it doesn't feel as fun as it used to. And so now you fall back again. And so now you're on another streak. And this is what has happened to this nation. They were streaking. They had some good streaks and they had some not so good streaks to the point to where everything that God had given them that was amazing is now destroyed. And you've seen it in your life. You've had some good streaks where things were going great and you had some bad streaks where it wasn't going so good. And you've been on that streak before where it was like not going so good for a long time and eventually it led to something destructive. And it's frustrating because we got this God sense inside of us. Like we have something inside of us that we know that God is better and we know that we need to go to Him. We know that we need to stay close to Him, but yet we're enticed by these other things. And so our consistency suffers because of it and because our consistency suffers, now we start a whole new streak and we don't realize that actually we're spiraling out. And we find ourselves in a place where it's not what it used to be. So these people who were mourning in Zion, they had the spirit of heaviness, and it was dim. And this is literally what it means. It doesn't look like it used to. And they were led to believe that their best days was behind them. And can I tell you that comes naturally with aging? Where you look back and you say, boy, I remember back then. Man, we were good. We were strong. We were doing all this stuff. It ain't like it used to be. And it just comes over you, man. Like, where does that come from? You start talking about the good old days and you're 32. <laughs> good things are still happening, buddy. I mean, you have air conditioning now. <laughs> I mean, I ain't going that far back. You can do it, but I'm not. But we start to look back and say that the best was behind us. And we, we get mad whenever we hear the phrase, the best is yet to come. Because it, it, it means i got to carry some things to get there. And I've already carried a lot of stuff. And I don't feel like carrying anymore. Are y'all feeling this today? I don't feel like carrying. I've already done that before. And people have said that about church. I've already done that. I've already carried that. I'm not carrying it anymore. One of the things I've noticed about this spirit of heaviness is um, you become ungrateful. Ungrateful. You're carrying all this out there. You're mad because people aren't doing more to help you. And then when you finally get down, get, you're able to sit, all you're thinking about is what you're going to tell them. Uh, I mean, I don't know if y'all do that, <laughs> but we're going to fix this because we become ungrateful. Um, 
We become unforgiving when we're carrying a spirit of heaviness. We don't, we don't want to forgive people because for some reason, it's like revenge comes in there too. We want them to feel what we had to feel. Right? Is this too real for y'all today? Do I, do I need to get a little bit more of a practical message and make us feel good? Or do we, do we want to deal with this? Um, when we are carrying a spirit of heaviness, we think everybody else has the problem and not us. If they would just... Man. We have stuff that... We have our own problems, but we will never talk about it. Because there's something about a spirit of heaviness that makes us, and this is why it's so tricky, it makes us feel empowered. It does, man. Because when I'm carrying all this stuff, and I'm going out there, ain't nobody else going to do it. I got it. No, get away. I don't need your help. Come on now. And then you sit there and you're like, that's right, I did it all. Don't need your help. And you see how that pride just slid right in there. Nobody in the family wants to even talk to you. You don't want to talk to anyone. This is real. So next time y'all go to the beach, I'll be like, you better watch out for that spirit of heaviness. I think it's coming on dad right now. I can tell it's coming on him. Ungratefulness, unforgiveness, unconfessed sins. So busy focusing on what other people aren't doing that we can't see what we've been doing to go to God with it. Like this is, this is what's happening with this spirit of heaviness uh, and, and, and internal conflict, internal. I, I, at first when I started reading this, I, I was like studying. I thought it was like conflict with other people. And I do think that's a part of it. But I've lived long enough to know that most of the conflicts I have in my life aren't with other people. It's with myself. I ain't weird like that. We're all in the same boat. Amen? Conflict. Do I want to do this or not? I don't know. Do I want to say I'm sorry? I know I'm supposed to. I got to preach on it, so I got to do it. Welcome to the world being the preacher. It ain't easy. You have all these internal conflicts, and, and people aren't even aware that you're carrying it. And it's just, it's messing with you. Um, spirit of heaviness, we want to control it all. But it's a reaction. It's a reaction. No, you're going to do this, and you're going to do that, and, and you're going to come, you're going to, and some of you right now are having trauma from a beach trip. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, what in the world is happening here? I think some of it comes from comparison. We look at other people and wonder why they don't have to go through what we went through. And why is it so easy for them? And why is it so hard for me? All of this stuff, man. I'm telling you, I start looking at this, I'm like, oh my goodness. What is going on here? Uh, the complaints come to pass with the spirit of heaviness. The complaints come to pass. 
Can I tell you, when we get to the point in our life where the complaints begin to come to pass, we are misusing this very thing that God has given us to speak life, to speak hope, to speak encouragement, and all those things. And now we're using it for comfort when none of it gives you comfort. Because I could complain about carrying this, sit in my chair, and be upset and complain all day. It didn't change the fact that I had to carry it all out there, and I'm going to have to carry it all when we leave. But yet, there is something that comes with complaining. And I'll give you a perfect example of this. You ever used a weighted blanket before? It's heavy. I don't like it, man. It hurts my feet. Don't like it. But I know people who love a weighted blanket because it makes them feel so, like, cozy and so, oh, it feels good. That's what a spirit of heaviness will do to you. Because it's disguised as comfort. It's comforting to complain about it. It's comforting to cry about it. It's comforting to get mad. It's comforting to sit with a group of people and talk about how bad it was. It's comforting to be the preacher and complain about having to carry all the stuff to the beach. and Nobody was helping him. There's something just comfortable about it. And it's like that heavy blanket. And it affects your movements. It affects what you're able to do. And go back to the candle illustration because the candle is burning out and we think it's something that is burning the candle out and really the candle is just being smothered by this heavy blanket. Like this is, this is what's happening with this whole spirit of heaviness. And it attracts some company. Like the, the story uh, when the man is laying at the pool. There was other people around him that were in the same exact condition that he was laying with. They were all in the same condition, hanging out together. And sometimes, watch this, I'm going to be careful with this, but i got to say it. It goes underneath the umbrella of a support group. And it's not really support, it's really a complaining group. And it's like, let's get underneath the blanket of heaviness and just enjoy the ride. And listen, God's got more for us than to let the fire go out, y'all. There is hope for the heaviness. Amen? There is. And we don't realize that our fire, it's going out. You're not burning out because of your schedule. We're burning out because of all of these things that are unchecked in our lives. That's what's going on. So Isaiah 61 happens. And Isaiah 61 is a prophecy by the prophet Isaiah, who's probably one of the most major prophets in the Bible. And in the middle of their misery, in the middle of their mourning, in the middle of all of this, God says, let me say something. And I believe that's what God wants to do today. In the middle of all this, he wants to say something. And the prophet Isaiah, he begins to prophesy about Jesus. And he starts saying, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. And Isaiah wasn't talking about himself. He was talking about Jesus, that the spirit of God was upon him. And it has anointed him to bring some good news. And today I got some good news for you because I know it's been heavy. I know you've been mourning, but he will turn your mourning into dancing. When's the last time you danced a little bit? Last week at Loud Weekend, jumped in here with the kids and just break it down, man. Just get in there. It's awesome. And I love what happened in Luke 4 because Jesus, he's stepping into his ministry and he goes into the synagogue. And sometimes we don't see Jesus like this, but Jesus was a beast. Jesus was incredible, y'all. He wasn't soft. 
he was a man of God. And he opens up those scrolls to Isaiah. And he begins to read. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good news, to bind up the broken heart. I mean, he's just reading it. Then he closes the scroll and he sits down. And he says, today, it's fulfilled. Mic drop moment for Jesus because he has just announced his mission. This is what I came here for. I came to set captives free. I came to speak deliverance. I came to help you get over it. I come to heal the brokenhearted. This isn't just a message that I'm preaching. He said, this is who I am and this is what I do. And so when you read in Isaiah how it was prophesied back then, you get a glimpse of God's eternal eye, how he knew what was going on and already had an answer for it before it was even a problem. Can I say this? God's already got an answer before you even reach that problem. But the issue is, because of what we're carrying, we think God doesn't care. And that's the spirit of heaviness. And it causes you to think that the best is behind you. But can I tell you today that what God wants to do in your life, he isn't finished yet. Amen? Come on, you got to respond better than that. He isn't finished yet. And you said, Pastor Way, I'm old. It's okay. He's not finished yet. You said, Pastor Way, I've been through a lot. He's not finished yet. He's not finished. Jesus, the anointed one, he's come. And the very spirit that is on him is going to overwhelm this spirit that is on you. The spirit of heaviness. The anointing, it breaks the yokes of bondage. And I believe today is the day to break the yoke of bondage of the spirit of heaviness. Amen? And so we go to the scripture. In Isaiah 61, he says this. Give them beauty for ashes. And when I read that, I was like, what does that mean? When the Jews would mourn, they would literally put ashes on their foreheads. And not only that, they would put on burlap sacks to show, key word, to show how bad it was. They would do this to show how bad it was. They would put the ashes on their head, and the ashes were a blue color. They had the blues. And Jesus said, I will give them beauty for ashes. And when you look at the word beauty and really look it up, it could be a turban or it could be a crown, something for your head. Are y'all, are y'all starting to grab this? And then he said the oil of gladness, the oil of joy for mourning, and the oil is a representation of the anointing. And here's the thing about the anointing oil that you need to understand. See, a lot of times whenever we talk about anointing, we're very careful with anointing people. And so if somebody ever anointed your head before, chances are they dabbed their finger in one of those little bottles and they did like a little cross on your head. And it was symbolic. But back in the day when they anointed you, it wasn't so clean. They took a bucket of oil and poured it over you. 
and it would run all through your hair and all over your clothes. And there was something about that oil. There was a smell. There was a distinctive smell that this oil had. And you would smell it for days and days and days and days. And it was a constant reminder that you had been anointed. Come on, somebody. He's saying, this is what I'm coming to do. I'm giving you a crown instead of ashes on your head. And better yet, I'm a poor oil because oil is like an ointment for healing. And look where it starts. It starts with the, the mind. And it drips over the eyes because our minds need to be healed. Our eyes need to be healed because our perspective is so messed up because of all of the things that we had to carry. Now we're just trying to live a life that I don't have to carry all of that. And so God wants to put some responsibility on you. And you're like, I don't want anything to do with it. And God said, no, I made you to carry things. You were meant to carry something. Amen. You were meant to carry responsibility. You were meant to carry leadership. You were meant to carry blessings. Amen. This is what we were meant for. But because of everything we've carried before, we don't want to carry nothing. Get somebody else to carry it. And then he says the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And this is what I found out. It's easier than what we thought to break this. He says, put on a garment of praise. Today you put on a shirt. Today you put on some clothes. You put it on. You had to make a decision that I wasn't going to church looking like that, but I'm going to put something on. And too many times, watch this, we're streaking through life. Oh, it's coming back. You got to put on the garment of praise. And what does that mean, Pastor Wade? I got to worship him even when I don't feel it. And instead of complaining, I got to praise him. Because praise is a weapon. See, we thought praise was just the song, the first song, the fast song. But praise is the weapon. It's your defense against the spirit of heaviness. This isn't just a message about the beach. This is a message about our lives. Can you still praise him? even though you had to carry some things? Can you still praise God for your childhood, even though it wasn't the greatest? Come on. Can you still praise him? I heard a guy say this before, never lose your song. No matter what happens to you, never lose your song. And you say, what am I going to do when I feel this heaviness come on? I'm not just going to sit. I'm going to stand and lift up my hands, and I'm going to worship God. You say, I came to church. I don't feel like worshiping. That's a good sign for you to worship. That is the sign, by the way, for you to worship. Well, I don't feel comfortable doing that, Pastor Wade. I understand you don't feel comfortable, but it ain't comfortable to carry all that stuff on your own. Amen? Amen? You got to lift your hands in the air, and you got to give him some praise. You got to give God some praise. And I know you say, that ain't my thing, Pastor Wade. Can I just love you enough to tell you you need to make it your thing? Amen? Amen? Yes. Praise and put it on. I got to put I don't feel like it today. Put it on. Just put it on. I don't feel like wearing a jacket. Put it on. It's cold out there. I don't feel like put it on. It's cold out there. Then you get out there. I'm glad I put it on. Put on a garment of praise. That means, God, I'm going to worship you no matter what. I don't feel like it, but I'm putting it on. 
because I'm not going out. I'm not going forward with nothing else but the praise on my lips. Here's the second thing, because now he starts, it, it, you notice the turn in this, this, this scripture, because it starts out with mourning, and then it begins to turn to Gorman to praise for a spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness. And that's, see, this is, the first part was about Jesus, now this part's about us. That they may be called trees of of righteousness, standing strong, producing fruit, amen? Standing strong, trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. Plant it, I am planted. You can't move me. I have some, some commitments that I have made. I'm committed to God. I'm committed to God's house. I'm committed to God's word. I'm committed to his will. I'm staying right there. I'm not gonna let this thing blow me over or take me out. I'm standing, amen? And that's the decision. Notice all of this, it comes back to decisions. I'm making the decision. I'm going to put on the garment of praise. I don't feel like it. I'm mad. I'm angry. I don't want to talk to anybody right now. But we're in this moment of worship. And so right now, I'll give you God half a hand. Some of you, I'll tap the seat. A little finger tap on the seat. That's great. Come on. You make the decision to worship him. You make the decision to be committed to the things of God. The Bible says planted in God's house, you will flourish. Planted in God's house, you will flourish. You don't believe a tree is strong? I have three oak trees in my yard. Try to kill them. It's hard. Those acorns get all over the place. It grows in uh, every flower bed. has got an oak tree growing in it. I got bushes on the side. There are oak trees growing up through it. Try to cut them down. They grow again. They're strong. And this is what we're being compared to. And then here's the last thing. He starts talking about rebuilding. He starts talking about repairing. He starts talking about raising up. That's stepping into purpose. One thing that happens to us so often whenever spirit heaviness comes on us, we step away from purpose. And we've got to be smart enough as believers to see that's exactly what the enemy was trying to do all along. To get you away from the purposes of God for your life. He will overwhelm you. He will stress you out. The anxiety, all of it. I'm telling you, you can take all the stuff. You can go to all the counseling. But you have to be aware there's an enemy that is trying to overwhelm you with a spirit of heaviness. Because he's after your purpose. He's after your God given purpose think of this and this is where I'll close there are prayers that we prayed and God answered it and we rejoiced for a moment but then we had to handle it and it was hard I've seen people do that praying for a child and God gave them a child and then they were completely overwhelmed by the child that God gave them I know, sensitive stuff, Pastor Wade, be careful. I know, I've seen people pray that their dream would come true to start a business. They start the business. God answered the prayer, lined them up with favor, but this comes over them. And now they're overwhelmed. And they want to quit it. I've seen people say, yeah, God's called me, let's go. And then, as they step into the call of God, the weight of commitment is more than what they bargained for. 
And they forget that God may give them grace to do it. And they walk away from it. People get hurt. And they say, I'm never doing that again. And all of this stuff, guys, it falls into this spirit of heaviness. And I wish, man, I wish I was educated in all the mental health stuff to connect all the dots. But I can tell you from a spiritual standpoint, this is what's weighing down believers. This is what's weighing people down. And we're just living a life coping with it. And God wants us to be free from it. I want you to stand all across this room today. He says, put on a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. And I want you right now to put on that garment of praise. And I want you to begin to lift your hands and give God praise. We're not leading you in a song. Oh, we could have got the band up here and we could have sang, do it again. We could have brought, I mean, just really brought it. Uh, I'm saying our words. What do you need to tell God? God, I praise you. Praise you that you chose me to carry responsibility at work. I thank you, Lord, that you put me in a leadership position. You saw fit to put me in that position. You saw fit to give me that kind of business. You, you gave me those children. You called me to that ministry. Come on. You put that kind of responsibility on me. I've been carrying it and it is heavy. But today I'm giving you praise for it. I choose to praise you for my childhood. It wasn't the best, but I praise you that it got me to where I'm at. And I wouldn't be who I am if I hadn't gone through it. God, I thank you that the things that I walked through, yeah, it taught me some things, but I'm still going. I'm still standing today. God, I give you praise today that this sickness that I have in my body, I can't figure out why I've got it. But I do know one thing. It keeps me coming to you day after day after day. And so I'm coming to you today, and I don't even know what to pray for anymore, but I'm going to give you praise because you're good. The unanswered prayers. God, I don't know why you didn't answer it yet. But I'm going to praise you that you know what you're doing. And that your timing is a lot better than mine. See, what we're trying to do is instead of letting that stuff weigh down on us, I'm just trying to give it to God. I'm just giving it. I don't have an explanation, but I do have some action. And my action and my decision is, God, I'm going to praise you right now. And when I don't know what else to do, I just throw my hands in the air and say, God, I give you praise. And I thank you now, Father, that the spirit of heaviness is lifting off of these people. Today, it's being broken off of their lives. A new perspective. You're lighting the fire again to help them to see the possibilities instead of just the problems. Thank you, God, that the complaints are being turned around into praise. Thank you, God, that today it's a turnaround. It's a change. There's hope for the heaviness. And so, God, we give you praise. Hope for the heaviness in Jesus name come on you needed this today come on we needed this